And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. So you, you, you broke the high score already. Are you going to just turn Pac-Man around and run into Blinky and just end it? Or are you going to just keep eating pellets and eating fruits? Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite show in the whole wide world. It's Under the Radar, brought to you by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. With me, as always, my friend and yours, now on the West Coast, Derek Ryba. Hey, good morning, everybody. Your friend of mine, still on the East Coast, Ian Khan. What's up, my friend? You guys are almost literally uh, sea to shining sea. <laughs> we, we kind of are, yeah. You're, river, you're, you're basically river to, river to creek, essentially. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. there you go. All right. And where are you these days? Where, where, are, you, where are you? Are you uh, in Jersey or are you up in uh, Syracuse? Oh, Jersey, man. You know that. Jersey, I've got, I have yeah. six bottles of... Clayton Distillery rhubarb phrase. Actually, they're not all rhubarb phrase. There's like four rhubarbs and two maple strawberries. Once we get to the off season, I'm going to need to make sure that I get those bottles because so, we're going to be doing um, after dark shows, Quit, which I, I always enjoy. Sure, I'll just hold on to them another three months. No problem, sir. Yeah, it's really yeah, taking right. up a lot of time. It's really taking up a lot of space in your house. It is. <laughs> I'll come get them. We'll come get them. It's it's uh, but no. I, I I was just thinking about. it. I was like, we can start doing some after dark shows, which will be fun. Now for, for DVR especially, man, that's like six o'clock for him. Yeah. Now it's not even after dark. Now it's just DVR. DVR at sunset. Yeah. DVR in the winter. DVR at sunset. <laughs> DV- Sunset's gonna be, it's, dude. You have not experienced a California winter. It is a beautiful experience. I am very much looking forward to it. Yeah, especially from Wisconsin. My goodness gracious me. It's quite quite a difference. Though I will say, there's I, I, I was in Minnesota about two years ago in the middle of December. Um, and that was the coldest I think I've been. Maybe three years ago now. That was about as cold as I can remember being in the United States. And Wisconsin's not quite as cold as Minnesota. Is that correct? Yeah, you get a few degrees cooler up there if you're in the Twin Cities or further north even. Obviously, it's yeah. even colder. But yeah, it's. I, I always see the weather, you know, the national weather, and, and it's zero or whatever the wind chill is in Wisconsin that day. Usually add or sub, actually subtract five. Make it five degrees worse if you're up north. Jeez, man. I tell you, it does make a difference. Like up in Syracuse, New York, I went to Skidmore College. And it was cold up there. And that's Saratoga. That's just about 30 minutes north of Albany. And Syracuse must have been freaking freezing. And you'd think it wouldn't be that big of a difference. How big of a difference could it be? It's, it's, it's colder. We're off a lake. It's like, we got a lake. That's the problem. With those lake is winds. It, does, oh, man, yeah. Lake effects. No. Anyway, yeah. come on, what are we doing? Let's come on. Come on. People trying to win their leagues. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's do that. Uh, I heard you guys went and did a Dynasty Rankings podcast. And thank you, Ian, for, trying, for calling me and trying to get me involved in it. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, come on, come on, do it. We can't, we can't do it without you. Yeah, we did it on uh, Sunday night. It was, it was fun. It was, it was, you were missed. You were badly missed. I did notice course, that I, I went to the rundown and couldn't help, <laughs> couldn't help but notice that you just basically copy and pasted stuff from that rundown into ours. 
you know what happened was I put down stuff that was not was more under the radar than dynasty rankings, but I put it on there so I could copy and paste and put it into our rundown. That was the idea behind it. That doesn't make any sense. Well, because I wanted to talk about like I wanted to talk about Miguel Cabrera and his 500th home run, and I wanted to talk about like his leadership skills, but that wasn't really appropriate for the dynasty podcast or throwing back home run balls, like all all this stuff. Actually, technically, um, that's and, not really for under the radar either. Well, kind. Of, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> but but that's what, that's what we do. Is what we do. Is what we do. The importance of Tim Anderson to the White Sox, absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, we got you got lots of great stuff on the rundown, and it's in bold type tonight. Today. Oh yeah, that was just, I forgot to unbold. I was doing it on my phone, and I just couldn't figure out how to unbold it. So I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I know how I went, but anyway, uh, so you, all right, you don't want to go to number one and number two until later. So we'll save that as a tease, show tease, uh, but it has to do with the incon, has to do with labor, has to do with strategy. So stay tuned for that. Okay. I mean, I can just skip all over the place. We we can start with the Nestor Cortez, Yoshi Susugo hitting home runs and batting cleanup. Um, Where's Joey Bart, Nolan Jones, Bobby Witt Jr.? Yeah, maybe you hit some of that stuff if you'd like. Let's go there because what are your feelings? I mean, are you surprised that they're not up? I thought Joey Bart would have been up. By May. Yeah, there's just no place for him to play, right, DVR? Because Buster Posey's had such an amazing renaissance bounce back season. Yeah, that's just sort of eliminated that possibility. I thought we'd see Bart sometime during the summer or if Posey got hurt. But I mean this is this is wild. Then I thought we'd see Bart get traded at the deadline because yeah, I did the Giants were adding pieces. So naturally you've got a big league ready catcher and You've kind of got your franchise guy in Posey, even though we're at the part of his career where it's probably almost more like year to year with him. Why wouldn't you trade Joey Bart? Nope, that didn't happen either. So what's the long-term play here? Is he still someone you're interested in? Is he increasingly someone you feel like was overdrafted? The numbers at AAA have been good. 323, 541 for the slash line. They have 10 homers. Only 50 games too. So, I mean, he's that's a 30 home run pace with a great batting average. Uh, the walk rates, you know, not amazing, but it's also not bad. So I, 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 I like what we're seeing here from from Joey Bart overall. I, just, I, feel, I have a go ahead. Uh, sorry, go, no, you go ahead. No, no. you no, you go ahead. I, I, the, the thing that I don't understand is we're going to get to September this year, and there's guys like Turkelson and Rutschman um, who are now in AAA, right? You got Riley Green who's now in AAA. You got Brennan Davis. These are some of the top prospects. Bobby Witt, that was the thing that made me think of it. They're going to hold them down until next year into May, maybe even June, right? For for purposes of uh, keeping them for an extra season. I think the old way of doing things was smarter. To give them a little taste of the major leagues in late August or into September. Because then, as, as you're, you know, you face the top, the best pitchers in the game. And you get just a little taste of that, right? And then you can prepare for that level coming into the next season. If you want to keep him down for an extra couple of weeks to make sure that you get it, like Joe Adele, what they kept, they kept, ended up keeping him down. But like, I just don't understand why teams aren't, they, it's like they don't care, they care more about the extra year than what the player's career is going to be like. And I just think that that, that you know, if Jared Kelenic had had a taste of the major leagues last year, which was different because it was 2020 and everything else. But I just I think it's wrong. But I was curious what what you got, DVR. What do you think of that, Nando? What do you think of that? I 
I think teams are this this year especially. I think it's a little bit different. I think teams are always going to err on the side of maximizing service time and not jeopardizing that because if you bring a guy up and he's pretty good, and then you send him back down and wait even longer to call him back up the following season, that looks even more like service time manipulation. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's the risk teams run with the current rules. I'm kind of hoping they find a way to change how service time works. Even if they don't shorten up the amount of time that a team has club control over a player, I hope they change the way these rules are structured to let players come up when teams think they're actually ready. Because sure. that's, that would just be it's just more of a, it's more of a good faith thing, like to the players especially. Are you ready to play in the big leagues? Ah, now we got to wait. We got to wait until the end of the beginning of next season because we're not good this year. And I think that's a little bit misguided too. I, mean, I think the the long haul rebuild. The Astros is the model for that. That doesn't actually work as often as people want it to. I Cubs, think, Cubs think, kind of did an Astros thing too, right? To a certain extent, it wasn't it wasn't quite as extreme uh, as what the Astros did right. and what the Orioles are now doing. I mean, you know, they're losing sixteen in a row, but they're going to lose those games. And the, you know, the reality is that Rutschman's they're going to lose those games if Rutschman's playing or Rutschman's not playing. But look at somebody like Matt Manning, right? Came up in the middle of this year and has really struggled, like really struggled. And looks like he could use a little bit more time. But because he's had this experience, the offseason is going to be a richer experience for him. Because he's going to come back understanding what it is that needs to happen to succeed at this level. And, you know, that there are very few. I mean, who's come up and just set the world on fire in the last two, three years? Rosarena? I mean, who else? Who else has, has come up... And sort of just jammed from the jump. Adelis Garcia. Yeah, okay. Jan- oh, Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, Chisholm did. That's true. Jazz Chisholm did. But he also, didn't he have a little taste last year also? I feel like he came up for like a little bit. And he, anything I just that happened think that, in 2020, I have no idea. I, yeah, you don't remember. I, but You're but in, I just you're in Mercedes. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a okay, little while. Fine, but then they all, they, but <laughs> well, I just feel like. He's 273 still. I mean, yeah, like, like Tatis, Jordan Alvarez, Pete Alonso. Jonathan India is actually having a really nice rookie season. It's not a, a superstar yeah, right away. I mean, it. I think the the situation right now with with hitters it, it's harder because of last season. Right, the pandemic year made it a lot harder for hitters to come up this year and be really good. I mean, I, I think I understand the point you're, you're you're trying to get at. I think from a pitching perspective, we have good performances, even very good performances from rookies. It seems like it's easier right now. For a pitcher to make adjustments, to find something that works, for teams to you know, work with a guy and come up with a, a solution that enables a pitcher to have more immediate success. Whereas when a hitter comes up and struggles, it's a longer timetable to get that player to make the adjustments he needs to make to start having success in the big leagues. Yeah, I think that's probably, I think that that, that may very well be right. I, just. There's no, to me, giving Spencer Torkelson a little bit of time in the major leagues this year would be, I think, a good thing for his development. Isn't the Mike, just, the Mike just, Trout path? Yeah, just exactly. The Mike Trout path. He came up at the end, or the Aaron Judge path, right? I mean, look back to Aaron Judge in 2016. I think it was 2016 when he came up. Came up at the end of September. The team was not making the playoffs. I think that was the year they traded Chapman for Glaber Torres. Per- this is the perfect example as far as I'm concerned. Judge comes up and gets his butt handed to him. You can't, you can't hit a damn thing. 
He hit like 144 in a season that didn't matter, but he had the chance to sort of get a taste of it, right? And then he came into the season next year hope, hoping to fight for a job. There was no guarantee he was going to get a job. He may go down to the minors, but he kind of keyed himself up to understand, I'm going to need to do this. And that was the year I think he hit 49, 50 home runs as a, as a rookie, right? And ended up winning rookie of the year. I don't think if he comes up in April of that year, because I'm talking about the experience of the player. What's it like when you walk into a stadium for the very first time and you go, oh, wow, this is a different thing. I, I can't believe that, that. Wow. Look at all these people and listen to, you know, what's, what's the feeling like all these things, just give them a taste of it now. Let them have a, a small taste of it so that when they come back the next year, they're not dealing with the size of it because the size is a big difference. It's like the difference of doing an out of town, you know, regional theater play in front of a thousand people or doing a Broadway show in front of 2000 people in New York. It's a big freaking deal. It's a difference and you feel it. I remember opening night of Enron, the New York Times was, uh, it was a play I did on Broadway and the New York Times came to see the show and Enron, I had the, the opening musical? monologue. Enron, no, it wasn't a musical, though there was music in it. And, um, <laughs> and what, I had the opening it, monologue. It? <laughs> it's like a play with music. Yeah. It was a play with music. Right. It was an interesting play. We closed really fast. It ended up moving us out to California. That's a whole other story. But I had the opening monologue. Right? The first four minutes of the show was me coming out and explaining to everybody what was going on. It was sort of the, the, the chorus of the show. And the night of the New York Times, and the, it was opening night. I knew that the New York Times was sitting there in the audience, and I, you could feel it. You know, so you have that experience and you grow from that experience. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I just think that it, there's no downside for Brennan Davis coming up, even if he is terrible. You know, even if he's terrible, he's he, Jason Hayward. What, do, what are you developing there? There's nothing to develop. Let Brennan Davis come up and fail. Failure is good. Makes you better in the long term. Anyway, that was just something I thought when I saw your, you know, question about Nolan Jones or Bobby Witt. I'm uh Totally on the Enron Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> the Enron play Wikipedia yeah, page. Well, yeah, the Enron Stay. play. This, this started, it was British? <laughs> yes, it was. It was a British play. It was a huge hit in England and then came to America and we closed, I think, after 11 days. It was about as bad as you get. Were people just not ready for it? I think that England had a lot more fun laughing at dumb Americans than Americans had laughing at dumb Americans. Oh, there you are. You're on the Wikipedia page. Traitor, Ian Kahn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that. And narrator. Oh, dog. That, and lawyer. And I was lawyer. the lawyer yeah. to, yeah, I was the lawyer to, I'm not going to look up that page. It was not, that why, was why not, not the most fun time. I, because <laughs> there's a lot of pages, a lot of pages. But, but the point, but the point is that to me, more importantly, Nolan Jones, Bobby Witt, especially, I would love to see him get 60 at bats in the, in, in the major leagues. Marty Decker Don't returns to Broadway, right? <laughs> right. Something like that. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. That's all right. But, but giving Bobby Witt those 60 to a hundred at bats, it just keys him up because then he goes, man, I got to work harder because these guys are throwing different kinds of stuff. Anyway, that's 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 the that's that's the thought process that I have. Well, you know what else we have to consider, which I mean, no one's talking about this yet, as far as I know. I don't listen to other shows, but I haven't seen any on Twitter. Uh, there might, I mean, there's a good good chance there might not be a season next year. You know what I mean? Like these yeah. these sides hate each other. So, do you want to stunt someone like Nolan Jones for another year without even giving him a taste? Of anything. Mm. I mean, we, we kind of learned last year. Actually, I don't think we've learned anything from last year because we don't know what the, the alternate sites were like. But if nobody's playing next year for a while, um, you, I mean, it's almost like you got to restart these guys. At least give them a taste. I, I hope someone's thinking strategically like, 
Let's get some of these guys in there now, because if we're not playing next year, at least they kind of got exactly what Ian's saying, like a taste. You know, the sport, will, the sport this... will die, by the way. If if they have a prolonged no, stoppage, it will actually die. It'll never, this, it'll never this die. The sport will go away. After losing my job next season, if there is no season, I will make sure baseball doesn't come back. <laughs> I will make it my personal mission to destroy Major League Baseball and transfer baseball to different people because the owners do uh, not well, deserve it anymore. Yeah, okay, but the, the the problem, you know, you said that baseball would die. There's some truth to that because I was a rabid baseball fan growing up, like between the ages of like 5 and 11 or 10, 5 and 10. Those years, like I would go to sleep at night listening to Phil Rizzuto, Bill Wright, and Frank Messer doing the radio play-by-play for the Yankees. Like that was my whole life. And then in 1982, or rather 1981, when the strike happened, it really took away my, it, it broke my heart as a, as a baseball fan. And it kind of came back. And then when they went on strike again in 1994, I was like, screw you guys. I'm done with you. I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to focus on football. I'm going to focus on baseball. I mean, on basketball, I'm going to focus on other sports. And it really took a long time to, for baseball to come back from that. So I do think it would be extremely short-sighted and dangerous for the, uh, for baseball to to step away, but you know what? We'll deal with that in the off season because we're still we're we're coming up on the deadline right now, the dynasty deadline for trades. DVR and I are fighting, fighting it out in our Maki league. I'm having so much fun, DVR. I'm having so much fun in that league. I have to tell you, like I'm just enjoying every little. There, there are all these little weird rules that are part of it. I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. We got two and a half points separating first from fourth right now. Yeah, so much fun. Who's got who's got first right now? You do. I haven't seen. I do. Yeah. Okay, but it's within <laughs> wait, wait point you, five points. You don't want us to mention how you're in first place in this other league, and you just you just really humble bragged about who's in first place right now. Well, no, I wasn't sure, but oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it could have switched overnight. Didn't look at the, the standings guy who has this morning. Forty-eight hours in one day hasn't looked at standings yet. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you one thing. Rabbi Ari Sunshine is feeling it right now. Because we are we are taking it right now. We are taking that DL one right now. We're feeling really good. Though he made another trade yesterday with Cushing, um, right before that. That's when leagues are the most fun. Is when is when people are active. And I got some bad feedback, like some tough feedback from one of my league mates in DL one, saying, "You know, you're acting like nobody's trying if they're not making trades, and we're trying every day." I was like, "No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. And that team isn't actually in competition yet, though they will be because they're really, really good." Um, no, there's a lot of different ways to try, uh, but when you're in the mix for the championship, you gotta you gotta look to make moves. You really do, because winning winning is hard. It sounds like that guy was legitimately angry at you for personifying little, people who aren't trading is not participating. He he left me a, a pretty uh, I wouldn't say snarky text message, but sort of like, "Yo, we're sitting here." And he also, I you didn't listen to the podcast, Nando, but I I proposed this idea of uh, changing dynasty leagues. And the only way to do this, I'm finding, is to start a new league by doing it this way, DVR. Because I, I got feedback from some people like, oh, I love this idea. And then this gentleman, who I like very much, uh, was sort of like, never do that to DL1. Do not change the league into what you discussed. And this is what we discussed. If you did not listen, <clears throat> here's what it is. If you did listen, I apologize. We're repeating it. To play, Ro- at Nando, I think you're going to like this. To play Roto from April 1st through September 1st, and then for the last month, turn it into a head-to-head roto for if it's a 15-team league for the top five teams. So it has the feeling of playoff baseball. And people either really like it or they really hate it. <laughs> so it's what I, what I came to was that to do that, we're going to have to start the league that way. 
you know, that's another thing we could do in the offseason is, you know, tinker with the Dynasty League rules and, you know, create our own Dynasty League, which is what we're sort of still talking about doing. Anyway, that's... Do you want this to complement your Dynasty Leagues or do you want this to eventually replace all Dynasty League scoring? I I don't know. I, I'd like to try it. And then somebody posted on Twitter this morning, DVR, did you see this about that's how they do it in the NHL? That that hockey does it that way? Yeah, it's a league that uh, Dom Lucision runs, I guess. Yeah, so I, I'd be curious to try it at least for a year and just see what it's like. And the, the team that comes in first gets a bye to the finals. That's the idea. Then two plays five, three plays four. The winners of those two play each other. The winner of that last one plays the first team. And then those two play for two weeks in the end in head-to-head roto style. So it's not points because you can't change it in, where pitching becomes so much more valuable. But I have played head-to-head roto leagues before, and it's kind of fun. Like, it really does feel like a, like a, like a fight. Hmm. I guess you would have to you know? play that out before you actually see what happens, you know? Yeah, you gotta you yeah. gotta you gotta get a taste of it and say, oh, how would this work? Would this really work? I think it would. But the upside is that I think it would keep teams that are like in sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth place coming up to September first more engaged because like all you gotta do is get into the playoffs and then anything can happen. Right? Like that's the idea behind it, at least for me. Man. I I I mean I have to think about this. I have to run some Sims. Yeah, run some Sims. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I don't know. Where do you want to go on this next, Ian? You've, you've messed this, so you've turned this upside down. We could do some of your Sorry stuff that's that. not in bold. No, no. Do, do, ask, ask DVR about Tristan McKenzie. DVR. I'm curious to hear what he said. Tristan McKenzie's like the perfect pitcher for me because I think people look at his ERA and they're like, oh, that's high. And I go right to whip and strikeouts, and they're glorious. Um, what do you think? Where do you think he's going to fall in drafts? Or I guess auction money next year? I mean, is he like, let's say, a 15 team mixed? $14? Is he $19? Is he $24? Like, where is Tristan McKenzie next year? I almost wonder if he ends up very close to where he was ADP-wise this year, which, if I remember right, was somewhere in the 175 range. Was it that high? That's yeah, I think, I, I, think, I think he crept up into that range just because Cleveland's had a lot of success developing pitching. I think he came from a higher starting point than guys like Savale, maybe even... Bieber, like Bieber as a prospect versus McKenzie as a prospect, I think you'd see more favorable write-ups on McKenzie than you would have mm-hmm. seen on Bieber. I, I That was at least part of my own analysis on the situation. But I, I think with McKenzie, a lot of it comes down to holding velocity because in the shortened season, he just didn't do that. He came up, I think he was averaging close to 95 on the fastball, and every single start that he made in the shortened season, 
there was a slight downturn in velo. And then at the beginning of this year, it really seemed like fastball command was the big problem for him. If you'd watch his starts, he just could not consistently locate at the top of the zone. So walks would pile up. He'd fall behind in counts. He'd go into the zone, and he'd get burned by the long ball. Uh, I like him. I mean, I think there's there's more good here in this profile than people will realize. I agree with Nando's take that because some of the, the surface numbers don't look great, he still has some time to bring the ERA down. If he gets the ERA down to the low fours, I think people are going to be a little more uh, in line with, with where we're at right here. But I, I I like what I'm seeing from McKenzie, and I think he makes sense. It's kind of an SP4, SP5 type going the next season if the price stays reasonable. Nando, what do you think? I, man, like I think if someone's leaving him out there at 11 bucks, it seems to me like me and someone else in the league, whichever league I'm in, will probably battle it out and drive him up to like 16 or 17. A lot of strikeouts. He's been able to keep the whip down, which to me is more important than any kind of ERA. Um, I don't even look at, you know, if he's doing well, that's what he's supposed to be doing. So I haven't even honestly looked at velocity or pitch types or anything like that. It's just he's he's exceeding uh, expectations at a major league level right now. Um, so, yeah. So, like, I, like that's I mean, that's how my brain works. If he's doing what he was supposed to be doing, you know, all signs pointed to on his way up, then I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let's just hope no one else notices. I'm out at eight. I'm out at eight. Yeah, come on, man. Really? I am. I am. I I just, you know what I'm finding? Young pitchers are a lot more fun than they are valuable. They're a lot more interesting um, than they are successful overall. What do you need him to, to do? Me. I need I, I need to see a season where he's, where he is consistently doing what he's doing right now. I picked him Isn't up in the league. Is he doing that right now? Yeah, yeah, he's doing it right now. But he's also, I mean, didn't he? He was down in the minors for a while this year. I mean, he, he's got nine. I, he's got almost a hundred innings pitched with a one point one five whip. That's really good. And a ten point five K per nine. But how many innings do you think he's going to give you next year? One hundred and sixty, seventy. I don't know if there is I mean, next year. <laughs> let's not even think. About I really that. don't think it's going to come to that. By the way, my yeah, my, my rage towards the owners in this case seems. Uh, misguided because I, I don't think they're going to screw this up. I think they're going to work it out. Uh, all right, because they handle the, the pandemic so well. Oh, I mean, they handle everything so well, but this this will it will cost they, I think they I think they realize this will cost them a lot this time around if they don't work it out during the offseason. These numbers are absolutely bizarre. I'm looking at these numbers and I don't quite understand them. I've never quite seen anything like this. 91 innings and 58 hits. Wow. 91 innings and 47 walks. Wow. Right. So the whip is low. I mean, the stuff is, it's tough to hit, you know, it's tough to hit, but I would rather take a flyer on a Carlos Hernandez than a Tristan McKenzie. Well, that's fine. But I think those two are on the same level in a way. No, but you're, you're going to get Carlos Hernandez for eight bucks next year. But I mean, all right, but I mean, they're almost the same category, right? Right. Like, so it's, it's like I would, I, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, right. Okay. So who do you, who would you take, Kyle Hendricks or Tristan McKenzie? I would take McKenzie and all those strikeouts and the low whip. I would take Kyle Hendricks every time over Tristan McKenzie going into next year for me, just for the safety of it, right? Because you don't need as much upside as you as you might think you do, right? You it, it's it's about the consistency. It's about getting getting the numbers and the, the he. I mean, Hendricks has the low whip. Hendricks is tough too because he's not going to win that win you that many games, but he's going to go deeper in the games. So I mean, DVR, who would you take going into next season? Exactly the same price, Kyle Hendricks or Tristan McKenzie? Just remember, we'll remember your answer forever. Of course, yeah. This this will define my entire life. 
Uh, Hendrix is probably the way I'd go too, just because oh, it's such a Midwest bias, man. Yeah, it, they're against both the, Midwest. The Cleveland, they're, Cleveland versus Chicago. Come on, it's like the this is this is the the Beller Cup, really. The two places he spends the most time but with the with Hendrix. The projected innings total would probably be as high as just about any pitcher in the league. He's on the short list of guys who's going to get 200 in a future season. I think Kyle Hendricks actually has a, an argument to be there. He's been at 199 before. He's been at 190 before. Ratios are always good. Because the volume is so high, he can offset some of that difference in K rate. McKenzie's more exciting, but who's more valuable? I think the edge will probably go to Kyle Hendricks for one more year. I think if we had McKenzie with like a 1.33 whip um, and still with a high K per nine, like fine, yeah. that's I could get that. Like I could be like, oh, you're just going for upside. But I mean, like dude's kept his whip so low over, you know, not a full season. 91 innings last year was pretty low. Hold on, I got to look him up now. Last year was pretty low too, wasn't it? Yeah, over, over 33 innings, he kept it at 0.9, his whip. Yeah, he was good. So his, major, was his good. major league career, 1.08 whip over 124 and two-thirds innings. I just worry about how many innings he's going to give you, right? What, and if what? you're taking him, if if you're paying anything over 11, you're buying him as an SP3. Or maybe, you know I mean, $12 SP4 or something. I I don't know. I mean, there, but there's also upside there. How many strikeouts is Kyle Hendricks going to give you in 180 innings? Let's take a look. Was it 150? What he, what was it 160? Probably about 160, 170, yeah. So say McKenzie pitches 150 innings. How many strikeouts is he going to give you? Probably 190. There you go. So you win strikeouts, you win whip. Hendricks maybe wins ERA. And then Hendricks maybe yeah. will get you more wins. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation it should be we we can we can definitely come back to this one well, i thought you guys were gonna you agree know? with me i thought like i was gonna be the low man on mckenzie no 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 no. yeah i didn't Sorry, come, here. I got, I didn't come I, here looking for a fight yeah unfortunately <laughs> i came here looking for the gardeners to show up at tuesday at, at 11 45 unfortunately so you got a little uh yeah hear a little uh in the background Sorry about that. that's out. pretty it's pretty quiet uh, it's, it's, oh okay cool it was unnecessary uh, what about what about and i've got a lot to Another say about humble this brag. Follow, but I'm, got, well, what time is the maid showing up ian <laughs> no, no, <laughs> when's not, the pool not. boy coming? No, no, no pool yeah. boy. Uh, Frankie Mondo. Yeah, oh, I got to do sit ups okay. with my butler. That's the alarm for my sit ups with my butler. <laughs> no, I got to do sit ups with my son though. Although he's really getting tall. Both of them are so tall; it's insane. Frankie Montas in 2022. I have thoughts, but Nando, you go first. No, you, you go first, man. Please, I don't want to. No, you, no, nope. You got to go first. I was just, so Frankie Montas. I, I was just honestly concerned. Like he had a steroid suspension, so can he do it without it? And I think he did. And you know, I, I, I think. Montas and Lizardo, I kind of held in similar regard. Obviously, you know, being coming up in the same system, whatever, whatever. But I think Montas, again, low whip this year. He's got a 1.24 right now. The K per nine's above 10. It's 10.1. Um, you know, the ERA, I, I don't expect him to go like 2.89 ERA. So like a 3.5, 3.6 is fine for me. Um, I don't know. Like, I think if Frankie Montas is sitting there at 11, I would say 12. And I actually, pushing them together... I don't think I would mind if I had a stud. Like if I let's say I got Chris Sale. I don't think I would mind like a twelve to fourteen dollar Montas, and it looks like now a nine dollar Tristan McKenzie as my two and three on that staff. 
Well, would you prefer sale or would you prefer gallon? Just curious. No, that's very funny and sweet of you. Okay, I'm just asking. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. It would be sale. Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm all <laughs> for that. That's weird. Uh, see, yeah, well, that's not weird. It's, it, that you know, that's what happens when you do a show for three years. You remember stuff. Uh, DVR, where are you on Montas? I like him better than like both. Secrets in the Walls. <laughs> secrets. <in the> walls. <laughs> Jesus, man. I'm sorry. That was a good movie. That's a pretty good movie, <laughs> yeah, I actually. I, that was that was fun to do. I was a cousin. I think it was Marty there too. Good DVR. I like uh, Montas Mont- a little more than both Hendrix and McKenzie. I, I trust the strikeout rate to be there consistently over a larger number of innings you know, that's the that's the key like I, I think I'm, I'm one step further along on Montas's workload because of course in 2019 it was a suspension it wasn't an arm injury that slowed him down that year I think we've got you know those two seasons now this one in 2019 where you could look at him and say he's legitimately maybe an sp2 when things are, are going well good swinging strike rate walk rates back down from where it was a year ago still missing plenty of bats um, this underlying stuff numbers are really good. That splitter is a nasty pitch, and he actually locates it very well. Slider's good. The fastball's still good. So he's truly a three-pitch guy at this stage of his career, and that's been the case, again, going back to 2019. But I think there's always been this little bit of doubt about how consistent he can be with this splitter, and I think he's erased a lot of those concerns. I love Frankie Montas How about that? so very much. I love him. I love him. I love him so much. Um, he had a couple of really bad starts. There was one in June where he gave up like eight runs. And there was one in April where he gave up six runs. Other than that, he has been really good. And that splitter, that 97 mile an hour diving fastball thing that he does is an unhittable pitch. It's right up there with, to me, I don't know if the numbers back this up, but just on eye look, it's up there with Rodon's uh, slider and Otani's forkball. Like, it is just a ridiculous pitch. He's grown up. He's more mature. I got him, I've got him everywhere, and wherever I didn't have him, I traded for him this year. Um, Love him, love him, love him, love Frankie Montas. On a really good baseball team, this this last start against San Francisco, I was a little nervous about it because he struggled a little bit at Chicago, right? But it's all about matchups to me now. I'm all in, It's all about like who you're facing. So against Chicago, struggled, but only gave up three runs in five innings. Not bad, still six strikeouts. And they, he's going into, and he's home to San Francisco. Didn't get the win, but look what he did. Seven innings, two hits, two walks, zero runs, nine strikeouts against a really good baseball team. They didn't. He didn't get the win. He didn't get the loss. I think Frankie Montas is a stud. He is a SP. He's a top thirty pitcher for me going into next season. I love Frankie Montas. How high are you willing to go? Like sixteen? Yeah, easy. I'll go sixteen. Really? Yep. I paid in uh, labor this year. I paid twelve, and I would certainly go to sixteen now. All right. Now he's facing the Yankees. The the absolute white hot Yankees. Uh, in Oakland this next week or this week, um, and he may struggle against a remarkably good team right now. But uh, I, I just I like the division. You know, you may want to sit him if he's in Houston, but you may want to sit everybody in Houston. I can't think. You know, Garrett Cole, you can sh- certainly start. But I, I love Frankie Montas. I, I just love his stuff. I love his his presence on the mound these days. He's just playing at a very high level, pitching at a very high level. Just look, look at the numbers. Would you rather have him or would you have Lizardo? <laughs> it's not close. Right, Montas. Oh, sorry, you don't have to tisk. 
Sorry, but it's just not close. I mean, Montas is Montas is a deeply successful pitcher, and Lazardo is in the wilderness, baby. I mean, he's Moses walking through walking through the desert trying to find a, trying to find a sheep to to lead because um, you know Lazardo's just not not there yet. I mean, but Lazardo for two bucks next year, sure. Lazardo as a reserve pick next year, sure. But if if I have Jesus Lazardo in a dynasty league and someone offers me Frankie Montas or Jesus Lazardo, done, done. Done. How about love, how about Nestor Cortez? Montas. Montas over Cortez. Cortez over Lazardo. I mean, you Ooh, know, Cortez over Lazardo. Yeah, Cortez is yeah, awesome. Well, DVR. I, uh, Cortez is. Uh, I'm more just kind of gauging that. We've talked about Lazardo's long term value before, but you know, like in a dynasty league, if someone picked up Cortez and you had Lazardo, you'd you'd take the Cortez side of that. That's fair. That's a fair. That's a fair question. I'll tell you what. If I have I have Cortez on a dynasty league team right now, I would not trade him right now in a competition mode for Lazardo. No, I would not do that. Not right now. Well, if you're yeah, if you're competing for right now, I, right. I, I get it. But, but if it, in, in the off season, long term, that's a fair that's a fair fight. What you just said to me. So yeah, I, I, I can't no no. I get. I guess I couldn't do that. But man, you can't argue with the success. But maybe Lazardo figures it out. But again, these these young pitchers, these young pitchers, man. You don't win championships with young pitchers. You really don't. It, it, it's hard because they're going to put inning caps on them. It's going to take you're, them talking, you're talking about fantasy championships. Fantasy championships, right. yeah. I'm also major league championships. I mean, what 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 World Series team has a 23 year old pitching for them, starting for them? The Rios Dodgers. <laughs> man, 25. Your rhetorical questions are getting shut down pretty hard today here, man. <laughs> That's all right. No, no, no. But no, but Urias, but Urias, how old is Urias now? 24. Because he did it last year. Julio Urias, the age of Julio He's 25 Urias. now, but he's been, I mean, he's been kind of a, a flex guy for them. Yeah, but he's been in the major leagues for three, four years in some, in some capacity. I just don't want the guys who just came up. I just don't want the guys who just came up. That's me. It's, it's so no tigers, you know. Well, I mean, no scooball, you know, no mize. I, you got to the the problem is if they're good, you got to overpay to get them, right? I like those guys after they get hurt. <laughs> I like those guys after they they do really badly. Like there's a there's a player that uh, in the little league world that I play in. One of the other coaches in the league was like a big time little league coach and like you know, district coach and he coached George Valera growing up. Right. So his team was ridiculous. So he and I were talking on the phone yesterday. He's a big fantasy guy. Uh, and he, he was talking about, you know, so Valera just got knocked up to double a, and he's like, you're going to trade for him. And I was like, I was like, yeah, not yet. I'll trade for him after he comes up and hits 180 for a few weeks. Like Vidal Brujan three months ago, before he came up was a top six prospect on many lists comes up hits 120 or you know something like that and now where is he? he's in the you know 29 30 so you're gonna go buy him when he's the top five draft top five prospect or you're gonna wait till he fails i say wait till they fail and that's how i feel about the pitchers too like matt manning you could not get matt manning in the dynasty league this offseason just couldn't do it even with the shoulder slight shoulder issues that he had now you can get matt manning what about the so Rays? it's just they got McClanahan and they got Patino right now, yeah. at least in the rotation. Arguably, what do you think, you know, one of the best teams in baseball. Without question. I, DVR, what do you think? I think they can win with those guys because we know that they 
will err on the side of caution. They won't overexpose those pitchers. If they see something that is not working, they'll go three, they'll go four, they'll go five. They have, they, they have no fear of, of giving players the hook. We saw that with Blake Snell, and he's more polished than those guys <laughs> were we were talking about last year's playoffs. But it, it is kind of strange that a lot of teams that win, they, they won because they had pitching under club control, but it wasn't because they had all those guys as rookies together. You know, it, like the the Giants core from a few years ago, Lincecum and Bumgarner. You know, you, you have those guys with a, a couple older guys paired with it. That seems to be the the optimal sort of mix to win a title. I mean, Walker Bueller, I guess, was a pretty big part of the the Dodgers playoff rotation True. from day one. But we're, we're we're not talking about every rookie pitcher being in that situation. A lot of them aren't. A lot of times there are workload concerns. Those guys end up in the bullpen when the rotation shortens up. Uh, so it's it's pretty. It's pretty interesting to to think about it from from that perspective. But I think the Rays can absolutely win a title with the group of pitchers they have right now. It's always kind of silly to bet against them, can. but why, why, yeah. why couldn't they? they? They've got the they got bullpen depth again. Do they? What's their bullpen depth? It looks worse on paper than it actually looks when they're coming at you with the guys with all the different arm slots and mixing and matching the lefties and the righties. Like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. always kind of that no name bullpen, right? McHugh's been awesome for them. Conley, yeah, yes. Sean Armstrong. Maza, Kittredge, <laughs> Chargois. like not the guy. Like these, these are not guys that we've been talking about as great relievers for years and years. But it works. They, they find. I don't know, man. Do when, when, when the playoffs come and they're throwing Patino up there and uh, McClanahan, I, I just and Fleming, I, I just don't know that that's going to be enough against the Garrett Coles of the world or against the Chris Sales of the world. Right? I, I want guys who've been there before when it comes to the playoffs. I, I, I think. If the Astros play the Rays, even if the Astros don't cheat, um, I still think that the Astros win that series. I really do. I think they're a better. I think they're a better team. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. Hey Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get Directv. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream Directv over the internet now. Oh sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream Directv without a satellite dish. Call one eight hundred Directv. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The, the question becomes, the Chicago White Sox to me, is what happens with them? You know, can they, can they, 
that I have it actually I have it down on the rundown, so I'm gonna go to it for a minute. Tim Anderson is so important to that team. I love I've mentioned this before because of OTP. I love the Chicago White Sox. And Tim Anderson is one of my absolute favorite players in baseball. Just the way I love his excitement and exuberance and all every game that he's playing, he's out there giving everything he has. When he's not there, they're not nearly as good a baseball team. It's just they lose that energy. Energy is huge. It's so huge. It's all about mindset. I'm telling you, it's all about mindset. You look at the Boston Red Sox. They have struggled so badly. Why? I think because of their failure at the deadline. And then you look at the Atlanta Braves. I was watching the Yankees-Braves game last night. Yankees won. They're 10th in a row. Really remarkable. It was a good game. Jordan Montgomery got me the win. Boo, yeah, baby. But what they did was they, they traded for Jock Peterson after Acuna went out. You know why they did that? It turns out to send a signal to the to the clubhouse that they were still in it and that it was worth fighting for. The Red Sox, I think they got screwed because the guy they traded for didn't show up in Schwarber for the first two weeks. And I think that that really hurt them um, because they, they they lost that mojo. And uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if they can get it back. Jaron Duran has bottomed out, huh? Yeah, he sure has. But see, that's the point, right? We were talking about how are you going to trade for Jaron Duran like a month ago. Yeah. And I, what, what did I say? Don't trade for him. It's not the time. Like, wait till they fail. Wait till the owner falls out of love with them, and then they become a throw-in in a deal, as opposed to the centerpiece of a deal. Pretty much happens with everybody, right? Like Cabrian Hayes, you could not trade for Cabrian Hayes in this offseason. Couldn't do it. This is too expensive. Why would somebody give him up? Now, you can get him. You can get Cabrian Hayes in a trade. It's interesting, man. I know. Like, I wonder if last year messed people up. I mean, obviously it did, but I mean, to what degree, we may never know. Like, if you were on the alternate site last year... You were I mean, playing against very, I don't know, I thought it would be superior competition, not inferior, but maybe we were wrong about that. Because it seems like none of the rookies can really adjust right now. No, it, it's staleness, though, and, and repetition. Right? You see the same guys over and over and over again. How are you going to learn? I mean, like, there's there's one aspect of that where if if the guy you're facing a lot can make all the adjustments, or you're with an organization that will have him keep changing what he does against you, then you get like the top-level sort of alternate site experience. Because... The coaching was so good that it was like being in the big leagues. If you don't have that kind of coaching or you don't have that kind of, of group of, of talented pitchers that you're facing all the time, you're seeing the same guy with the same game plan every day in a game that doesn't count, that it becomes worthless. I don't know about worthless, but it, it, I'm not sure that people were saying that the alternate site gave people the opportunity to try new things too, though. So, I mean, yeah, we we can certainly point back to that. Um, One guy who has really turned it on in a major way is your boy, Ty France. Nando. That's right. Ty France. Ty France is, you know, he had that wrist injury that happened earlier in the season that really hurt him. Those, like, it was two weeks of struggles. And then he went on the IL for, I don't know, a couple of weeks also. So that was like a lost month. Look what he's doing now. I mean, he's 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 hitting like is it two ninety or something with power with all sorts of eligibility all over the place. He he's really good, man. I, I really I, I'm a really big fan of this guy. I mean, he's hitting two ninety two, sixteen home runs. It's 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 for real. I mean, he he's worth owning in 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 leagues, and he's. They, I think that they're really happy with him. Seattle, that team is playing great. 
Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. No speed, no speed, but but he's he's he looks like he's here for the long haul. Ty France. I mean, he he had the numbers. This is what he was. Yeah, the to numbers be doing. in the minor yeah, leagues. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, Want to keep doing Ian stuff? I mean, look, we got to wrap this up shortly, and because there's like a there's a good chunk, at least a seven minute chunk of. Well, first of all, stick around for after the show. Yes. When we finally allowed Ian to play his. Uh... <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. DVR edits the show. He might just cut it out. DVR oh, edits the show. He oh, might, yeah, they, they, he they might say, me. Oh, sorry, my boss. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do the. Are they? We, we don't have the George Washington. We don't have the rights for George Washington. <laughs> we have the rights, um, but Ariel Cohen and George Washington will make a return uh, where uh, uh, you know Washington takes uh, Cohen to task a little bit. I, I know that Ariel enjoys it very much because uh, when I played it for him, he laughed and said, "Yeah, send that to me right away. I'm gonna play that for my wife. That's good stuff right there. That's really fun." Um, yeah, so that'll be on later. That'll be a, a little post-credit scene today. Uh, th- these are c- just a couple of thoughts. Um, I was watching Miguel Cabrera in the dugout in Detroit. That guy is awesome. I, I kind of and it was it was before he hit the 500th home run, but he's he's a really good leader on that team, and they all love him. And it's not like that all the time, where your best player is also and he's not your best player anymore, but you know he's he's a Hall of Famer for sure, in that 500th home run. But just watching him get his team ready to play every day is is awesome and should be noted about Miguel Cabrera. Um, and then somebody, I saw somebody hit a home run against the Yankees this weekend, and I saw like a little eight-year-old kid like being forced to throw the ball back. I think we've talked about this on the show, but guys, what do you think about that? I I think that's like the dumbest tradition, like ever. You finally, you catch a ball. You know, you go to a game, you bring your glove, you get a ball, and then the adults make you throw it back. What are the chances of that even happening, right? Right. So, like, I don't know. DVR, what do you think? Keep the ball. And don't ever make a kid throw a ball back. If the kid wants to throw the ball back because the kid has observed that that's what people do and the visiting team hit it and the kid really thinks throwing the ball back is going to make him happy, okay. You know, let him or her throw the ball back. Like, that's fine. But I... I don't know why you would coerce a, a child into throwing a run ball back. It's so hard to get a even a foul ball at a game. Yes. So don't don't throw it back. Don't throw it back. Don't ask your kids to throw it back. Just don't, don't do it. Um, Andrew Velasquez, who's been playing a wicked shortstop for the New York Yankees and has been starting every game uh, during this 10-game winning streak. So he's from the Bronx, right? So he's from like a town over. And that guy, Allen, I think coached against that kid. Um, so like, you know, he's, he's a real like hometown hero around here and he hits his first home run in his career in Yankee stadium and his family was there and they were up in the upper deck. Cause he's like a minor league player. He's living at home in the Bronx in his childhood bed because that's where he's living. It was like the sweetest thing. If you, if you haven't seen, did you guys catch that? Did not. No. No. All right. Um, Anyway, it was, a, it was a super sweet thing if you want to go back and check that out. The other thing, another thing I noticed was Pujols um, <laughs> hits this home run and he comes back to the dugout. And again, the dugout was just so freaking happy. And he hugged Dave Roberts for what felt like eight seconds. And I just looked, I was like, that's the, t- the kind of team that's going to repeat. I think I think the Dodgers win because like the Bat Boys were into it. Like that, that matters. The cohesion of a team matters so very much. I, I, I just... I don't know. I just think that it, it was it was really super cool. And uh, and that's it. I mean, pretty much that. And the body language of managers is important. Like, be a good leader. So says. <laughs> you ready to talk labor? Yeah. We don't have sure. to. You know, we can save this for another no, show. No, no, no. Go ahead. We got time. Because you and I were talking on the phone yesterday. 
Um, I called you, by the way. Yes, you and, did. It was very exciting. Uh, it was super exciting. Yeah, but I know, I know. The thrill. Um, and I, we just started chatting about labor and how big of a lead you had um, and how close you are to the record. And I wanted to, I want to pose this to you for everybody else because I posed it to you privately. Um, is this something where you're like, look, you know, the record's with like 106 and I've got 104.5. Do I just go and attack the crap out of these categories to get to like 107 and set the record? Um, like, like, you know, do you sacrifice? And you've got like a 30-point lead, so it's not like you're sacrificing. You know, let's say you had a 10-point lead. I don't know. Whatever. That's a different story. It's a, yeah, but I mean, like, it's it's not helpful, I think, if you have a 30-point lead. Like, I think the answer is, yeah, of course I'm going for the record. I got 30 points to play with. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm at 110 right now and out of 120. Is it, has a trade deadline no. passed in labor? No. It's still going. And that's that's the thing oh, man. that I'm trying to... Like, there's a piece of me that's, that's like, show respect. Like, don't... St- I don't know. DVR, you and I talked about this briefly as well. This is why I love Roto. Because you can trade a steals guy to someone in like ninth yeah. place to take away steals from the guy who might be in like 15th place, but he's high up in steals and you get those steals points, you know, because he happens to be ahead of you in steals. Yeah. I, you know, the more I've thought about it, it, it feels like I just got to let it ride out. Oh, send your guys out. You just send out a little army to other teams to take away points from people who you're behind in those categories. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm at the top of every category, either 12, 11, or 10, pretty much, um, for all of them. I, I don't know. I, I You know, I, there was a period of time. I did make a trade about two weeks ago where I traded David Fletcher and uh, Willie Peralta for Jordan Montgomery, which is why I said Montgomery got me the win last night. Uh, and I did that because I've got a, a, about a 120-point lead in runs, which is a lot. And I had the lead in uh, stolen bases and was second in average. I didn't think I was going to lose there. And wins are super tight, like they are in every other league. And it's uh, it's it's play, that's played out well. And I have Tim Anderson, who I could trade uh, to get like a bopper, like because RBI is a place where I could make up a couple of points. But I think I I, I think I'm not going to do that. <laughs> after after we talked, I thought about, I was like, I don't I don't think I should do it. I think I, I just let it ride out. And you know, if I can, Dave Adler has the record of 106 points, as far as we know. Um, in the, what do you, in the what do you mean? So some shadow leagues that we that no no, no but a- Steve Gardner and I talked. Steve Gardner and I talked about it. I guess about a week and a half ago because we're partners on that other league in XFL that I also play with DVR. And um, and I asked him. I was like, what what is the record? And I said that he that he looked back and he said 106 points um, for Dave Adler. But you know these are some of the best players in the game. And I just got super lucky. I mean, I just everything kind of broke right. I didn't have any major injuries that really knocked me out. And, uh, you know, so I feel very fortunate. This is, this is a unique, uh, this will be a unique season. I imagine. I don't think it's going to happen like this again, but yeah, no, I, I think I just played out. I, that, that's my instinct right now. DVR, do you have any different thoughts? Break the record and break it by as much as you can. I mean, what, what, you don't know what's going to happen in the final month. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's probably really go yeah, get Yoshi Susugo, man. Well, that wouldn't help me because he's in Pittsburgh and it's an right, AL only, right? <laughs> yeah, so that that that, that won't oh, really work. Can you trade for him? Actually, I mean, he started on Tampa Bay. You don't lose the yeah, you don't no, lose he's, these guys, he, right? I, I actually went looking for him yesterday when you put him on the rundown, and I went, eh, maybe he's an AL labor. Maybe, maybe he's on the team, on and I could. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, but they didn't. They dropped him after he get, like got released by the Rays. I think he was probably he probably was auctioned. But DVR, you think keep making trades? I don't think there's anything wrong with continuing to play it out. 
Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, well, uh, it just feels it, it, it just, what we do in life echoes in eternity. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Zimmerman's got a pretty good lead in mixed tout right now. He's yes, up. He does. 17, 18 and a half on Wrath. That one really flipped over the last couple months. If Jeff's out there making trades to try and sweep every category, am I mad at him? No. Okay. He's just trying to set a record. Okay. I kind of, I mean, I would like to, but I also don't want to be disrespectful to the other members of the league. How's it disrespectful? Like, seriously? I, I feel like it's I more disrespectful to back off in this case. Okay. This isn't Little League, okay. right? It's not like you're you're up eight in the last inning in Little League and taking extra right. bases on pass balls or whatever. This isn't that. No, it's not. It's not. These are the best players in the game. I mean, these are the top players in the game right here. And uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll think about it. I, you know, I Ariel Cohen, I spoke to Ariel about it. And he was like, I, I really don't know. I mean, I think, I think you should probably just let it play out. I was like, yeah, I think you're probably right. But hey, DVR, you're, you're about as respectful as they come. I would, I would, I would love to break the record in this league. It would be a great honor because it's a, it's a great league, man. It's a great league. I don't know. Maybe it'll piss everybody off, and I'm not reading the room correctly. But I, you're you're playing for the all time record. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, there are, there are moves left to be made because again, with the runs set up the the way that it is, and the average set up the way it is, I think I could get away with moving, um, Tim Anderson. And if I did that, I might lose a point in stolen bases. But if I can get a big bopper RBI guy, because I don't need all the runs, you know, I need I need some RBIs. I'm down 18 points. I, I, you know, I, I've got room to to climb in RBIs. I mean, I'm I've got nine points in RBI. It's one spot where it's it's pretty low, comparable to to the other ones. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll 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 keep you updated. Let's say it's it's 1982 and you're in the arcade and you're playing Pac-Man and you just broke yes, the high score. The so you, you you broke the high score already. Are you going to just turn Pac-Man around and run into Blinky and just end it? Or are you going to just keep eating pellets and eating fruits? There's your opening I for like the show. This. <laughs> I like There's this. your opening. <laughs> if you're playing Pac-Man, are you just going to turn into Blinky? No, no, it's true. It's true. And it would be it would be awesome to to pull it off, but... Uh, yeah okay all right I'm 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 down I'm down I, I, mean, I don't think we can top that we gotta go on that note yeah, I think that's it for the man but there will be a post credit scene there will be a yeah, post credit stick, stick around for that and actually fantasy pods of the com. let us know if you think Ian should have cut like two minutes out of that <laughs> be honest he won't see it <laughs> it's so mean yeah. <laughs> so we don't so lead with that for the, the man listening to it, for the man <laughs> For the man who's not going to be sitting around eating pellets, he's going for the fruits, Ian Kahn. That's me. I guess I'll go for the fruit. For the man who's coming for you, Rob Manfred, and he's bringing hell with him, Derek Van Ryba. Yeah, I'm going to eat the super pellet first and turn all the owners into ghosts and then eat them to get more points. That is grim if that's taken out of context. <laughs> we'll see you later. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. Don't steal my bed. Hello, Ariel, and thank you again for taking my call. 
Oh, it's a real pleasure. I mean, it's a real pleasure talking to you, Mr. Washington. I prefer general. Yes, of course. I got. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I forget. You prefer general. Whatever makes you feel good. Whatever you need. Fine. Whatever makes you feel good about yourself. So, what's the problem today, Mister Mister? Wa- I mean, General 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 Washington. What's the problem, General Washington? Well, Oriel, we spoke a number of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, about posting in the standings. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of knew this was coming. Yeah, we discussed posting about where you were in the standings on Monday. Yeah, I understand, but, you know, you got to understand that. I, what I tweeted was absolutely true, and I feel very strongly that it should be fine to do. I kind of had you in mind as I tweeted it, Mr. Wa- General Washington. Oriel, I'm going to read the tweet. Oh, sure, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, oh there it comes. Oh, a little ding. Yeah, sorry about that, Mr. Washington. General Washington. Oriel, this is what you wrote. I'm so honored that on August 9th, I currently lead both at Tout Wars and hashtag labor. Oh, well, yeah, but see, both of those are true. I'm very honored. It is August 9th when I actually put out the tweet, and I did currently lead both Tout Wars and labor. Yes, Oriel, but the point was that not to put out all the time where you were in the stands. Yeah, but it's very important, General Washington. See, I did general for you that time. I didn't even make it mess it up. It's very important to put yourself out there. It's called branding, General Washington. And frankly, had you done a better job of branding for yourself... I don't know if I could have done a better job. I mean, if you had done a better job of branding yourself, maybe we wouldn't have some of the problems that we have going on right now. Oriel, I don't see how that is appropriate or correct. Oriel, okay. I'm going to continue the tweet. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, you know, I mean, it's my tweet. I'm very happy to hear it. With at Ron Chandler. Oh, he's a real legend. And at Jeff W. Zimmerman. Oh, people think he looks like Robin Williams. On my heels in labor and at Prospect Jesus. What is that? Oh, that's Prospect Jesus. His name used to be Ralph Lifshitz. Wait, r- I'm sorry, Ralph. What? Now he's changed it to Jeff Pontus. He feels a lot better about it. It's a good move. At Pitcher's List and at Clay W. Link, right there in tout. These likely won't last too much longer. See, there there you go. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that was very, very humble of me because, I, I, honestly, I actually think I'm going to win both of them quite easily because I am Ariel Cohen, and things do end up working out for me in the end. You can look at my my softball record and, and how I hit the ball and, and really my screwball, General Washington. You'd be really surprised. Yes, Ariel, I know. Yeah, you'd be really surprised at how well that, that screwball is doing this season. Ariel, the point is that it seems as if you are calling yourself out as the best in the game. Well, that's debatable. I mean, you know, I mean, some people think other people might be, you know, and that, but I mean, really, I mean, I kind of am the best. I mean, right? I mean, pretty much everyone kind of agrees that I'm the best. But if they don't agree that I'm the best, at least now they should, because look, it's branded right there, and that's the point, Mr. Washington. General Washington. That's the point, General Washington. Whatever you need, fine, if it makes you feel good about you. But th- that's really the point, is that people need to know. Like, I am winning, and my ATC projections have led me to where I am, which means that more sites should be buying my projections. I mean, I think that's really what I'm getting down to. It's a, it's a financial situation. I know that you dealt in whiskey in your day and, 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 and hemp for whatever that's worth. Well, hemp is a very, very good crop. Yeah, well, nowadays it's being used for other things. Anyway, anyway, it's a real pleasure. Mr. Mr. General Washington, I got to go. I got some actuary work. Oriel, I just I just want to, I got some actuary work I really got to take care of. But it's always a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. I have to say, Lafayette, this Cohen makes me want to tear out my